This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Presented by me, Brigitte Muir. Farmer wants a healthy life. She lives alone, but is never lonely. She is totally down to earth, but also very spiritual. Yarambiak councillor Corinne Hines is one hell of a woman on the land. I visit Corinne's family farm near Minyip to quiz her about her background and her beliefs on health. Okay, well, there were five of us. My mother was a concert pianist, of all things. She studied music at um, Melbourne University and then was teaching, and then she met my father, who was a farmer up here. So she came up here and married, and she had to learn how to milk cows, and she said that's great for her hands as a pianist. Just doing a tit pulling thing. <laughs> and I mean, it is, it's really good exercise yes, for your hands. I'm sure. And yeah, feed pigs and do all the things. And then she got involved in a lot of stuff around in the community. I left school at 16. I, I had a very, very privileged upbringing, just was not academically minded at all. The interesting thing is, I am so grateful that my parents never said, well, you should go to university, or, oh, well, you're only a girl, you should just wait and hang around until you meet Mr. Wright and marry him. They just said, you do what you want to do, and you do it to the best of your ability. That's fantastic. The best advice parents could give That's their right. kids. I went to work in the family piggery, and then I graduated to working in shearing sheds. I went and did my wool-classing night school, got my truck licence, and then I was off when I was about 20 years old. And I wandered around the country and did all sorts of interesting things, travelled overseas a fair bit, ag exchange in America, just yeah, general travelling, working New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, driving trucks, working woolsheds, picking fruit, you name it, I did it. And uh, eventually when I was 35 in 1995, my father was diagnosed with a brain tumour, last three months and then died, so I had to make up my mind, what did I want to do? Being 35, I thought, look, it's time to settle down. So I came back to Minyip, and I've been here ever since. Farm, so you took yeah. over the farm? I took the over the farm, farm, and all the boys were watching over the fence to see what Corinne was going to do next. And then what did Corinne do next? Well, got myself out of debt and got going. <laughs> and I did things a little bit differently to everybody else. Tell me more about that. You have to think smartly sometimes. Like having a smaller farm, you're not going to be able to afford to have all great big equipment. You, you know, there's economies of scale. If you've got a big family farm or you're working in with someone else, you can probably get bigger gear. But if you run your business right, you can also get contractors that will be good and they will be reliable. You pay them on time and you look after them and they'll look after you. And I found that's a pretty good way to go, particularly in recent years. Earlier on, yes, I had my own little header and I had my own combine and my own tractor and my own little sprayer. And you did everything yourself. But eventually, as times got a bit harder and particularly during the millennium drought, that type of farming, it just wasn't economical to do anymore. I'm a person who enjoys my own company and... Sometimes people say, oh, lonely, and I do wonder, is that actually just a perspective? Or do some people get lonely? Because I don't. <laughs> but you do enjoy interaction as well. I do enjoy interaction, and particularly one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, I'm one of these people that, you know, someone says, come to where there's a whole heap of people, and I just go, 
what am I doing here? I prefer to have a bit of intellectual conversation or learn something different from someone. Now, Mr Wright. Yes, I sort of had three proposals, but I didn't, no, just wasn't really for me. I had a very close friend who died five years ago. He was 10 years older than me and we had a very special relationship and I missed him dearly because we had wonderful, wonderful conversation and we worked together on many projects around the town. He was just my really bestest mate, I'd call him. Mm. But unfortunately, he first of all, he got lung cancer and then he had chemo for about six weeks and about three months later it came back. It got him in the brain and he said, that's it. And he died what I call a good death. There was no, oh, why is this happening to me and why can't I go on? He just said, look, that's the way it is. And, and he went out very gracefully. You telling me things about um, difficult times, really. Friend, close friend, very close friend, dying, drought, having to rethink how you work on the farm because things were not working anymore. How do you deal with those emotionally hard times? Well, actually, I'm a Christian. That helps me a lot. I believe that God's there. I can ask God. And sometimes you get this peace. I'm a spiritual person. And this peace comes and it's sort of like, well, go and sleep on it, girl. So You get good advice from you God. You do get, yes, yes. It's not, it's not directly like the voice of God, you know, like the cloud in Monty Python. God is in everything. God is in nature. God's in creation. And God can be inside you if you let him. And this is one piece of advice I would say to people. If you have any kind of spiritual inclination whatsoever, don't ever turn your back on it. Don't ever ignore it. It's a very important part of you. Yeah, I've got friends who are Buddhists. I've got a friend who's a Hindu. And then I've got friends who don't believe anything at all. And that part is up to each individual. God's there if you, if you want God. Okay, so that's how you manage emotionally oh, yeah, and then, times. I mean, I'll talk to people. So Communication is important. Yes, it is very, very important. And sometimes, because I'm a, a single and a fairly solitary person, sometimes it takes, takes a little bit for my brain to get around to it, say, go and talk to that person and that person and that person. And when I do give them a call, I'm just amazed how receptive and helpful they are. And this is something, when you have a problem, you need to talk about it. You don't go keeping things inside. And, yes. and if your family won't talk to you about it, sometimes there are problems. Or, you know, when we were kids in particular, there were things you couldn't tell your parents. But as an adult, there will always be someone there that, that you can tell. It's only that first step which is hard, isn't it? That's right. And, you know, this is what I hear about with people. I've got one of my um, fellow counsellors, she's involved with the rural counselling um, service. This is what the people in, in that service say. Once the farmer realises the bank's banging at the door and life's getting really tough financially and things are starting to crumble and they go and see the rural financial counsellor, most of them will say, oh, why didn't I do this ages ago? And that's exactly right. You go and talk with people, go and get some help. Yes. I talked with Mal Coots from the Rural Outreach Program. Their motto is, it costs nothing to talk. That's right. And it's very true and it's so very helpful, isn't it, at times mm. when you really need it? Yes. In... New experience, what makes a healthy person? Well, you've got to be healthy in body and in soul. 
And so, how do you achieve that personally? I'm just fortunate that I have fairly good physical health. I've got quite a bit of arthritis and some old injuries that play up. But as I said, yeah, the spiritual side of your body is is very important. If you've got some inner peace, that'll help you to just reflect with other people. And it'll help your emotional intelligence with other people as to why some people are how they are. And I think some people have a terrific amount of turmoil inside because it doesn't matter how healthy or fit you are, there are certain problems in life that you yourself, you cannot solve. And often those problems are what's inside your head. Yes, it starts and finishes with the self, doesn't it? Personal responsibility. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's that's another subject that you can go on for hours and hours about. It's very easy to take things personally as well, isn't it? Oh, yes. So I found that particularly when I got on council six years ago. Okay. Tell me more about that. Oh, well, someone come down the street and bail you up and have a go at you. And sometimes you didn't even know what they were on about. But then I turned it around. I used to uh, shrink a little bit from confrontation. I still don't particularly enjoy it. But then I had to turn it around. Right, now you have to talk with this person, calm them down and placate them, and then try and be a friend to them and find a solution. Yeah, a couple of times I'd have phone calls, you know, any old time, and you're holding the phone out here about three foot from your head and on the other end, wait till they calm down a bit. And then you say, well, I'm not real sure about that. I'll find some more about it. So you give them a call back a couple of days later and they go, what, you even bothered to call me back? And I said, well, I said I was going to. I believe in being honest with people. There are some things, no, you can't fix. That's just the way it is and we all need to accept that. I was going to ask you if you have any me time, but it seems to me that your life is me time even when you are helping other people because you take a lot of pleasure in it? I do, yes. I think one of the most rewarding things you can do is volunteer. I do quite a bit of work down at the local caravan park. I do spraying and mowing and things like that, and then I'm either secretary or chair of several organisations around the town. I looked at when I joined council, it was just an extension of what I was already doing as a volunteer. And being a volunteer, it really keeps you in touch with your community and what people's needs are. You are a very intense person. Do you think that some people find you scary? Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) I know I can get a bit intense at times. (laughs) But it seems to me that even in your intensity, you are listening. Yes, because I like to listen what what makes other people tick. I mean, I have certain views on things and I'll just happily express them because I'm a very honest person. But if someone chooses that they don't want to listen, that's fine and I'm not going to try and convince convince them otherwise. We're allowed to make up our mind about all things. Now, this is a podcast about helping farmers have a healthier life. What would your advice be to people on the farm who are busy, of course, and perhaps not active enough? Well, you need to have your life organised so that you do have time for exercise. Whether that just be taking your dog out for a walk for an hour a day or whether it be you go and play some sort of sport. Unfortunately, a lot of people when they're younger, they play a lot of sport and then they get the, what's known as the middle age spread and then they can often have you know heart problems and diabetes and all sorts of things as a result of that. And they eat the wrong foods and that's not helpful because if you've got bad bacteria in your gut, it's not going to do very much for your mental health either. That's true, very yeah. true. Yeah. So, I love probiotics. Yeah. 
for myself, I try to grow as much as my own food as I can. I really enjoy gardening. Nowadays, you've got the wicking beds. Uh, we've also got pipe, GWM pipeline water. And, of course, we've got plastic rainwater tanks so we can capture a lot of water and make a good garden. You also grow your food on the hoof. I do, I do, yes. When when I was a kid, you know, I used to kill a sheep for ration every, it rations every couple of weeks. That was just standard. And uh, when I was 16, as I said, I left school. Well, Dad didn't really like killing sheep much, so I decided, oh, well, I'm going to learn how to do this. Apart from the killing bit, well, you just sort of have to shut your mind for that because that bit's not particularly pleasant, but you do it very, very quickly and quietly so the animal doesn't suffer. Sometimes I even say, to, I apologise to the animal sometimes. I haven't been known to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, to provide your own meat and your own fruit and your own vegetables, yeah, it's a very fulfilling thing to do in your life. And very healthy too. You know where the food comes from. Exactly. Yeah. Do you ever get sick? No. Really? <laughs> You're one of those people who's going to die healthy. <laughs> I don't know, I hope I die with my work boots on. I do not want to end up in a nursing home and I do not want to go through what my mother went through. So I gathered from what you wrote to me that you're not someone who goes to the doctor. Not regularly, no. Yeah, but you do go when you really I do go to. if there's really something wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is what's yes. important, really. That's, that's right. I do believe you should just keep an eye on some basic things like your weight, your blood pressure other things unless you've got a family history of it in which case you probably should go and get checked for something but I'm not a not a person that fusses so much about doctors probably would be a terrible patient too if you had advice to give farmers out there who want to improve on their health and well-being what would it be for a start when you are young and you're fit and you're healthy and that's all good don't eat junk food just stay away from it because apparently it is very addictive try and eat as much good and healthy food as you can and then when you get older if you feel yourself starting to put on a little bit of weight and you have to let the belt buckle out a couple of notches do something about it before it becomes a problem my philosophy in life is even though I'm getting up now just after six o'clock I will still go and take the dogs for a walk for three quarters of an hour before I go and do the bus run just because that quiet time in the morning is very important to me and hopefully at some other time in the day I'll be able to do the same thing even if I've got to sit at online conferences or go and drive to some function or whatever where you're sitting around most of the day. It's up to you to develop your own routine to keep yourself very fit. When I was 30 I was having a lot of back trouble and the doctor said to me, well, get into doing some yoga stretches. So I do have a five-minute workout that I do most days. It's mainly core strength and that really helps me with my lower back troubles because I've yeah, smashed a few vertebrae and just done silly things over the years, how anyone with a sense of adventure does. <laughs> Sometimes life can get you know, a bit hard and a bit serious and that is when you need to go and talk with other people. Go and have a couple of beers, go and have a couple of laughs. But even, even myself, just on the farm here when I'm by myself, I, I like watching what I call the bird wars. And you go, well, no wonder the human race can't get on. Just the stuff the birds do to each other is absolutely hilarious at times. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. And I uh, thank you very much for offering all of us a different perspective on what it's like to live on the land in the Wimmera, Mali. Not a problem. Thank you, Bridget. I, I yeah, quite enjoy it. And I hope what I've said has been a bit, a little bit helpful to people. Absolutely. Be be. Yep. That was Corinne Hines in Minyip. Mm -hmm.
you will find, as always, contact numbers and details in the notes attached to this episode. And while you're at it, please give us a star rating. We'd also love to hear your comments and suggestions. Our Facebook and Twitter details are in the notes. Until next, have a healthy life, won't you? Farmer wants a healthy life.